You're listening to Authorpreneurs Unleashed with Catherine McClatchy, demystifying the business of writing for authors by authors. I am so glad to introduce you all to my friend, Kat Calloway. So Kat is a mother of four, a pastor's wife, almost full-time photographer, independent entrepreneur, and she has a writer's heart on top of it. So I'm really excited to bring Kat to writers and to use her expertise to help us all brand our businesses together. As a warm-up, you love gardening and nature as much as I do. So tell me what your current focus is. Is it gardening? Is it houseplants? What are you obsessing about right now? I would love to have a thriving garden, but that is not the case because Texas is so hot and I don't love that. So I mostly houseplants right now. I love just having living things around me. And so houseplants. (laughs) Houseplants. Yeah. It's nice being able to control their environment, isn't it? For sure. (laughs) Okay. I'm curious to know why you write, what motivates you, because you've come to writing a little bit later than photography, right? Yes, that's true. Um, So I was thinking about this and I was like, I guess the best way I could say it is um, Maya Angelou said it best whenever she said that there's no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. And I believe that we share our stories. When we do that, it like allows room and space for more understanding and connection and compassion. And I think that the world just needs a lot more of that. So I've heard you talk about, and for my audience, we're friends. We, and Kat is my branding photographer. All the pictures of me that look good, that's because of her. So just saying, but I've heard you talk many times about your photography as storytelling, as well as we as writers understand it as storytelling. Mm -hmm. Do you find common themes or common um, inspiration between your photography and your writing? Absolutely. There's common themes between photos and stories. For me, this just occurs naturally. Um, Actually, if you think about If you study what the word, the root words for the word photography, it actually comes from two Greek words that are put together. Um, Photo just meaning light. And then like graph means to like paint, to write, to sketch, to draw. And when you put those two things together, it literally photography literally means like to write with light. And so for me, it just they they're almost synonymous for me. (laughs) I had never put that together. How interesting. Very cool. So what is your biggest struggle as a storyteller, whether photography or writing? And and how do you get over that? Um, For me, um, I'm often writing about what I'm like learning or going through with um, motherhood. And so if I had a struggle or a difficulty, I think it would be just wanting to be sensitive to the fact that my motherhood story is obviously it includes like my children's personal lives. And there's just a delicate balance for me as to what's mine to share and then what's theirs to keep private until they choose otherwise. So that would be the difficulty I would think I would have. And and that's something I think most writers and social media, you know, those of us that are on social media have to draw that line. What's um, what's ours to tell? Yeah, that's a big struggle. That's a big struggle. 
Okay, let's talk about branding because that's your specialty and you love working with female entrepreneurs specifically. So um, I think there's some misconceptions about branding, especially in the author community, that it's just the logo and the colors. Um, what, what do you think of that? And what do you think we should be focusing on when we create our brand? Um. I would say that that's not just uh, maybe a problem in the writer community. I think that's just across the board for um, anybody who's choosing to make a business of what they do or what they're passionate about or what they enjoy. Um, I know like for myself, starting out in photography about, um, it's been about 13 years now. So when I was first starting out, definitely more of a hobbyist and things. But um, as I started to take my own work more seriously, I was like, oh, I'm going to need this pretty logo and here's my favorite color and I'll just, you know, try to create something really cutesy and then that'll be great. Right. Um, but then the more that I began to study about it, like my brand and your brand have absolutely nothing really. I mean, your logo does play a part, but that is not your brand for, for my understanding brand just equals story. And it's mm. what story do you want others to say about your work or your writing when you're not in the room? And how are they describing you and what you're writing to other people? Like what three adjectives do you hope they would use? That's your brand. I've never heard it explained like that. So um, storytellers, authors should be automatically good at that, right? Yeah, I would think so. So what are the three adjectives you use to describe your brand? Okay. Um, heartfelt is definitely one of them. Heartfelt. Um, it, it kind of evolves. So when I was first, it was like, heartfelt. that's really a good point though. Cause our brand is not stagnant. It, it, it's dynamic as we evolve in our businesses. Yeah. So I would say mine's heartfelt. Um, it's soulful and it's poetic. Very interesting. Yeah. Very cool. I'm going to have to think on that a little more. Do you have three adjectives that you think of for your own brand at all? I want my brand to be educational. Okay. I want my brand to be entertaining. I want it to be encouraging. Nice. And then enlightening. You yeah. know, I, I want to make people think and um, kind of light the darkness for advocacy issues that I care about, as well as storytelling and storytellers. That's beautiful. Oh, it's yeah. good. It's good. Okay. Is branding dependent on an industry or within an industry like publishing on genre? Do we need to be looking at what others in our industry are doing or do we need to look wide? Both. I think it's both. Like for myself as a photographer, I definitely look at other photographers who I admire within um, the photography community. I wouldn't do that for too long. I wouldn't get stuck there though. You definitely want to broaden it. If you just stay like narrowly focused in your own industry, you can actually, it can be detrimental because you can get caught up in like comparison and then com comparison is like the thief of joy. And right. so you don't want to, you don't want to stay there too long. And then there's, there is value in broadening what you're looking at. So like for me, I try to like, keep in tune with what is relevant in all other industries of people like trying to grow their brands online. Like how are they doing that? Whether they're in network marketing or they're writers or any creative thing, any, basically any like service-based thing too. I'm trying to look at and see like, how are they serving their audience? What does that look like? What tools are they using? And then I actively like study them and I try to figure out like, 
you know, what is it that they're doing that is, is working for them? And so I would just say, yes, definitely look at your industry, but I wouldn't, I would maybe just pick like a few that you really admire and just kind of see what's working for them. You hit on something I hadn't considered being, you know, who do you serve? Mm -hmm. So as writers, we have to know who our ideal reader is. I guess that would play in also to how we develop our brand. True. Absolutely. So um, in branding, basically you need to know who you are serving. Like who is it that you would be ideal for you to work with that your product or your service would be interesting to them that would help them. So if you're writing, like, are you doing like self-help books? Are you writing fiction, nonfiction? Are you writing like biographies of historical figures? Like, what is it that you're writing and who is interested in that? You really need to start to study that person. Like what things are they interested in outside of writing? Do you have any similarities with them that you could find a point of connection and relate to them? And then don't be scared to highlight that because you're more than just your writing. And when I think about like my favorite authors and things, I would love to know a little bit more about their personal life. I don't need to know all their business, but I would like to know, you know, like, like the first question you asked me, do you like gardening? are you doing more indoor house plants? Are you outside? Like, I would like to know that about my favorite writer. It just gives a little, like, do we have anything in common out at all outside of your craft? And I think that just draws your viewers or your readers in more. Right. Their hobbies and their interests. Yeah. And a lot of times I know um, those things permeate into our stories too. Absolutely. So, um, you know, my main character drinks tea because I'm a tea drinker. That makes sense. Okay. If somebody comes to you and they're just beginning to think about branding, what would you advise them or, or maybe rebranding? Is that an option also, or are you stuck with the brand you've already got? No, you're not. You're never stuck. (laughs) You're never stuck at any time. You can rewrite your own story in your personal life, in your professional life. You can always change directions. You can pivot. Um, You can change like you are not a tree. You can move. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So as much as you've studied branding and you've worked with female entrepreneurs, tell me some things that stand out to you as fabulous examples or, or outside the box creative thinking when it comes to branding. Definitely those who are just unapologetically being themselves um, and not feeling ashamed about anything that they're trying to do with their brand. Those that are just very comfortable in their skin and their writing, and they know who they're trying to serve with their writing. I think that that just comes out. It doesn't, it's not necessarily that the person is overly confident on camera or social media or anything like that, but they're confident and what they do and who they serve. And then that just comes out. I think those are the most fun and enjoyable people to work with, to follow. Um, Yeah, just somebody being unapologetically their self. Cool. Okay, so let's talk more specifically about branding photography, because I get this question a lot. You know, um, I have my headshots. Why do I need a branding photographer? So explain to me the difference between a portrait photographer and a branding photographer. Okay, so there definitely can be some overlap there. A branding photographer could um, also provide you with headshots. A headshot photographer could, um, I think it just boils down again, to story. Um, A branding photographer really 
takes time to listen to you and what it, what story is that you want people to be saying about you um, as they follow you, as they follow your work. A headshot is definitely needed. A porch, a beautiful portrait, well lit. Those are definitely needed and necessary. Like you're going to want that on the back of the cover of your book. Um, just something clear. So somebody sees your face. Um, profile pictures on social media should have your face. So you really do need a good headshot and a nice portrait like that. Um, but a branding photographer specializes in the story. So they want to hear more than and they want to know more about you, I guess, than I need a new headshot. <laughs> they want to know why. Why do you need that new headshot? What are you working on? And how can I help you share that with your followers? And when you've you've worked with me in the past, I've always been amazed that you've taken shots of things other than my head. Um, <laughs> so, so one of the pictures I get the most comments on are me and Gizma laying in the grass with a book open and it's his paws, my hands and the book. And um, that gets a lot of comments. Good. So in that sense, I was like, well, I felt like we could incorporate so many things that make you, you, that would be relevant to um, your social media following and such. Like you have a service dog and you advocate for that and you educate others about what it is like to have a service dog and how to behave around a service dog and things. Um, and I definitely felt a point of connection there. My son has a service dog. And so that I was like, okay, that's definitely needs to be included in the shot. A book. Hello. That was like a natural fit. <laughs> and then you just look so cozy and comfortable. Like it was just a really wonderful evening. And then the light was glorious. And so it just felt kind of naturally you, your hands, you use your hands to type and to write and to connect with others, the book in front of you. It's kind of like mysterious, like, what are you reading? And then your pup right beside you. It was just, it was just this perfect moment. So it incorporated many aspects of you as a person and you as a brand. So that goes, um, that goes into my next question as what do we need to look at as, as authors if we're trying to hire a branding photographer? How do we know um, if they're experienced, if they can tell our story? What, what do we ask? What do we look for? Uh, first thing you're going to want to look at their portfolio. So um, sometimes you can find the photographers often have their portfolios like on Instagram, um, but definitely on their website, they should have like a page on there that just simply says portfolio. You should go look at that and you should know for sure what kind of photos that that photographer actually creates because there's so many different styles. Like some people want really bright and vibrant photos and other people want some that are more mysterious like dark and moody and you can't just hire anybody if that's not their style then it's not going to match your brand's aesthetic and it just it would feel like you know just fitting blocks in the wrong shapes like it doesn't it doesn't go and so i would definitely start with looking at their portfolio and then i would follow them on social media to get a glimpse of their behind the scenes like their process and also a little bit of their personality so you could see if that would be like a good fit with you um because you know there's all different kinds of people out there there's all different kinds of photographers and you just want to make sure you're working with someone that you're comfortable with and maybe that you have some similarities with and then it makes just the whole photo shoot go a little more smooth because you're able to have a more natural conversation with the one who is taking your picture. And I know for our experience, the uh, we met 
when I needed a branding photographer. We, we met in a mastermind. I was looking for a branding photographer. I reached out to you and we have since become friends. But the thing that um, stands out to me too is every photo shoot we do, you know me better, you know my story better and the pictures are that much more on point. So I think relationship is is definitely part of the process, at least from where I'm sitting. Yeah, and you know, from my seat over here as your photographer, um, even like, don't be nervous to reach out to them on social media. That is literally why they're on social media is so they can connect with you so they can talk to you so they can get to know you. So don't be scared to like send a direct message to a photographer whose work you admire, and then just kind of start building a little, you know, it's like, just like when you meet somebody in real life, you know, you just start by introducing yourself and then maybe give the photographer a compliment. It opens the door like, hey, I really, I was looking at your portfolio or I saw this recent post and I was thinking that would be perfect if I had something like that for myself. I'm a writer and tell them a little bit about yourself. You don't have to hire them right away. They could photographers, they're just people and they can give, you know, a few pointers, even just in conversation and build, build a relationship with them even before the shoot would be great. Oh, that helps because then that puts you at ease in front of the camera because most of us writers are introverted and very happy with our words being seen rather than us. So So that is very similar to most photographers. We're very happy behind the camera. So we can definitely relate to that. Um, And so it's, it's, it's a point of connection, even though we have different like crafts that we're doing, we're both going to feel so we can connect with that like I can be like oh yeah I'm totally uncomfortable in front of the camera too trust me if it's an unflattering photo I'm going to delete it and we can talk and work our ways through things like that but most photographers are a little bit more introverted and shy in front of the camera too so there's something that you can connect with very interesting I hadn't considered that side of it Let's say you've convinced Wendy Ryder that she needs to schedule an appointment with a branding photographer. She has found one that she likes. What does she need to do to make it the best experience possible? Do you have some words of wisdom for preparing for that photo shoot? Oh, yeah. So we just touched on one of them, like connect with them on social media you want somebody who's like showing active and current work. So if their last post that you see on their Instagram or their Facebook page has been like, you know, two, three years ago, I might look on. So I would (laughs) find somebody who is like, currently working and shooting and there's all different reasons why photographers may take like a hiatus for a while but um somebody who's actively showing their current work i would look at that and then i would reach start first off connecting with them on their social platforms um and then uh you could also ask if they have any free resources most photographers do like i have a free branding guide so that is exactly where i would send a potential branding client, I would direct them to my website. I would give them this free branding guide. That's like a downloadable instant access to this PDF of things, tips I've put together to help you as you're preparing for your branding photo shoot. And then from there, there's more instructions in there as to their next step. So I would just ask them, do you have any free resources for me? Okay. Can we send our listeners to your free resource? I mean, absolutely. It's catcalloway.com forward slash branding. There you go. Okay. Thank you. Uh, we, we always love freebies. <laughs> Me too. I've seen a lot of um, authors with beautiful portraits 
but they don't look like them anymore. They're like 10 years old, their weights changed, their hair colors changed, their style has changed. Um, are there trends in photography, number one, and how often do we need to update these branding photos? Um, yeah, there's trends in photography, just like there are in any industry. Um, you know, there used to I'm thinking of like four of them right now. So like there used to be like um, where you would see the whole photo, it was called selective coloring, where you would see a photo in black and white, but just like one little element of the photo was in color. That was a trend for a while. There was like um, sapia tones where it was more like brown and um, creamy colored instead of like true black and white. Um, now there, there was like this real push like with dark and moody, then there's more like painterly effects. There's definitely trends in the photography community. Um, and so if you're looking for somebody who's very trendy, you need to consider that. Um, if you're looking for somebody who has a more time, timeless and classic feel to their photos um, and I would just look for somebody who is consistent though in their work so that you know what you're going to get when you book them. And I would suggest that you have a branding photo shoot at least annually. Once a year. Yes. If you can quarterly would be just the best I could say, but if, if that's not within your budget or means or anything, then definitely set aside something to do even just a mini branding shoot once a year. Okay, so those of us that are active on social, for me with digital marketing, as well as, as my writerly things, I try to get in at least twice a year because of all the other photos, not just the headshot type photos. Um, so that's one of the things also that you had explained to me once upon a time, and I'd love you to touch on again, uh, the licensing aspect between a portrait photographer and a branding photographer, because that's one of the reasons we got to talking because I had a portrait photographer who said, you can only use this picture like this for this purpose. Branding photographers who are shooting primarily for you to use your images on social media are going to have a lot more freedom of use with those images. And so a portrait photographer, their license of use, they might have very strict terms like that um, because they're making their living through their art in a different way than what modern day branding photographers are doing. So we realized like myself, I realized that there is a need for you to have a bunch of images to be able to show up consistently in the way that you need to, to build your brand. And so I'm going to be a lot more generous with the amount of photos that I'm giving you. And you're going to have a lot more liberties in how to use those. So a branding photographer like myself, I'll speak for myself. If you were to book a branding photo shoot with me, you would be able to use those images in any way you want digitally or print. You could use them on your website, your social media. You can use them on, on inside of your book covers there. Um, you could put it on a billboard if you wanted to. It's just an agreement between me and my clients. And I know that there are many other branding photographers like that just because we've seen the shift in the way that every industry is marketing themselves. They're marketing themselves digitally and they want to show up consistently and they want recent and current images. And so um, even some branding photographers even have like subscription based. So um, you can look into their business models too, or they have like a discount for you if you do book more than one session in a year. And so that's definitely something to look into like their booking options. 
Okay, so that's something we need to be discussing with a branding photographer before hiring them. What the, the licensing is or the fair use? How, how is that worded? I would look at the contract because usually a photographer is going to have a contract for you or they will have it spelled out on their website so you know exactly what you're getting before you even pay $1. Like you just need to know how will I be able to use these images? And a photographer is not like timid or shy about telling you and different sessions sometimes have different um, terms of use on the way that you can use it uh, or their copyright. The photographer usually will retain the copyright and branding photographers today usually just ask that you give them like social media credit. It helps them build their brand too. So at the, when I use those pictures or uh, show new pictures, I always put the little photography by Kat Calloway, yeah, hashtag mom at photobomb. <laughs> yeah. um, definitely because we want to keep our photographers happy so they make us look good. Well, we don't really have to work very hard. I mean, you just bring your natural self there and then we just highlight the beauty that we already see and then you get to share it. And then when you tag us and other people that sends them our way and then we're able to build more clients, then it's a complimentary relationship between the client and photographer. So you want to find somebody who you're not nervous to refer your friends to either. So the best compliment I think a photographer has is repeat clients. So you talked about natural beauty that you see. How can we be more natural in front of the camera? Because uh, I don't know if I'm the only one who has flashbacks to, you know, the school's pictures every year or the yeah. uh, department store studios with the grouchy old photographer. Um, <laughs> my, my first photo session was not relaxed. Tell me what we can do to meet you halfway there. Okay. Again, I would start with connection have conversations, have more than one conversation with the photographer before you ever even show up for the session. Um, a lot of photographers can offer like a consultation with you before the session. They can do that virtually. If you're closer, a lot of them offer them locally. Um, it just kind of helps put you at ease a little bit. You can talk on the phone with them and kind of ask if they'll walk you through what this session is going to look like if you don't already know from maybe like material that they've already sent you on what to expect during a session. Another thing that I've started to ask my clients to do is to have like a playlist because music, <laughs> it tends to naturally relax us. And it also helps you just have conversation You're like, oh, I love that song too. Or who is that? And then you just can kind of move a little more you just move a little differently whenever there's music playing during a photo session. So I like to encourage my clients now to have a playlist um, and then they can just play it from their phone and just leave it in the area. And then it helps us talk a little bit more and helps them just relax because music affects our mood so much. And that shows up in your photos. So I would say bring some music, have a conversation with your photographer before the photo shoot. Um, another thing is like wear comfortable clothes. Okay. So if you're uncomfortable or self-conscious about your outfit before you even show up in front of the camera, it is going to come out in your photos. You're going to be like tugging at it. You're going to feel very insecure and you're not, you're just not going to relax. Um, I would schedule in the time, like when you feel your best, like, are you a morning person? Are you an evening person? Do you need to be, do you like being outdoors? Do you suffer from terrible allergies? Do you need inside a studio? All of these are things to consider to help you feel more comfortable during the photo session. And then obviously the more you work with the same photographer, the more comfortable you're going to get. And so sometimes a lot of my um, branding clients will just start out with a mini session just to kind of like put their toe in the water and see if we're even a good fit for one another. 
another. And then we go from there. Um, if they love their photos, sometimes they'll come back and book a full session or they'll just go right into like a subscription model with me. I do not like the Texas summer heat. So I will not book afternoon sessions during the summer in Texas. It's just, I hardly book afternoon sessions unless we're in a studio anyway. It's just so hot. I am uncomfortable. My clients are uncomfortable. So consider like temperature, season, location, all of these things. And then if you have somebody that can come along with you to a photo shoot, usually photographers are open to that as long as they're really not, you know, like in the way of the camera, but sometimes just having a loved one with you there to kind of assist you and reassure you like, Hey, you're looking good. Like when I photograph seniors and their moms are there, it's some of the best photo shoots because they're always like, Oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. And they're all teary, you know, and weepy in it. And it's like really cool to bring somebody that you love to a photo shoot. And so that helps you relax or bring your dog. <laughs> yeah. My service dog goes everywhere with me. Yes. Um, and, and that's a really good point with the seasons too. It, it occurs to me that a lot of my branding photos have been in the fall because I like the cool weather, but the colors don't necessarily work with my branding colors. So I need to think about maybe having more springtime photo shoots. Yeah. Um, and of course I am not a morning person. So we always schedule our sessions for um, that a golden hour before the sun sets because yes. I am a much happier camper in the <laughs> evening. Yes, me too. Me too. Although I do have, I was surprised because most of the time I just offer, if it's an outdoor session, I only offer around sunrise or sunset so that we can work with both golden and blue hours. Um, and I'm really surprised because a lot of my, um, families with young children will actually pick the sunrise session because they just say their children are happier in the mornings. Good point. Good yeah. point. So, okay. I specifically like the natural outdoor photography because I have issues with flashes and um, fluorescent lighting and that kind of thing. Um, and, and I think it changes the, the skin tone a little bit. I feel like the outdoor pictures look better for me. Yeah. So that is a good point to bring up. Like if you are sensitive to flash photography or anything like that, you are going to want to look for a natural light photographer. Um, that's somebody who is not using like any kind of umbrella lighting or a flash um, mounted to their camera or anything like that. So I would definitely say in someone in your situation, you would definitely want to look for a natural light photographer. And that gives us a little more freedom too, because our last photo shoot, we went on a hike to get to the spot. Yeah. And um, there were pictures taken as I was walking down a dry riverbed. And those are so cool. That goes back to knowing your brand and, and knowing what your comfort level is. And I think because I had already been the huffing and puffing and sweating, you know, the there, there was no self-consciousness left. <laughs> You're just like, how do you want me to stand? <laughs> and I'm like, let's just find the beautiful light and let's go stand in that because beautiful light really, really, really is flattering to anyone, no matter your age, your race, your size, like it doesn't matter. You find some beautiful light and you can make anybody look beautiful. So here's something I also would love for you to talk about. It just occurred to me uh, when we were doing my last session, I asked you specifically to, I have one eyebrow, I'm not going to tell you which one, because I did my makeup today, but I have one eyebrow that has a scar running straight through the middle of it. And I'm very self-conscious about that. And you made the comment that everybody has something they're self-conscious about and that we needed to discuss that with our photographer. 
Yes, definitely. If there is something about yourself that you're self-conscious about, I would bring it up with your photographer. So that kind of goes back to establishing a little bit of a relationship with them before the shoot so that you do feel comfortable enough to say, Hey, I'm self-conscious about my eyebrow or for myself, like (laughs) I am self-conscious about a lot of things, but one thing is like my ears are pierced crooked. So, and I love to wear earrings, but one is lower than the other because when I was a baby and my mom got my ears pierced, I kind of like flinched for the second one. Oh, how interesting. So one is lower. And so I'm a little self-conscious about that. So I know that. So I usually like right now I have on earrings. Okay. So I have earrings, but my hair is kind of over them at the moment. And I know like I'm self-conscious about that. Um, and then I like to say like, focus on the things that you can control and then relax. You can't control that you have a scar. There's a story there to that scar, but you know, like you can't control some things. And so you're going to just have to like relax, focus on the things you can control. You can control your outfit. You can control if you're going to, you know, how you're going to apply your makeup for the day. You can control what shoes you wear with that outfit. You can control whether you stand or you sit or you turn. You can listen to the direction of your photographer who you trust and you love her work anyway. And so you can just relax a little bit. There are some things if you're like, I am really, really self-conscious about this. Is there some way that you can maybe touch this up in like your post-processing of the images? Some photographers will do some minor touch-ups for you like that. There's photography services that photographers can send their photos to you and ask for a little help if there's something that's just like really like, um, my son was going to go uh, take some pictures with his girlfriend and he actually had got this gigantic bruise on his forehead, right smack between his eyes the day before pictures. He did something ridiculous. And um, I was like, oh my goodness, that is atrocious. <laughs> like it just looked so awful. I was like, How, why would you do this right before pictures? That's something that was able to just be like airbrushed very soft and gently. And, and so that was something, you know, it was some freak thing, but it was something the photographer could still work with. So we were grateful for that. So you mention it to your photographer. They're there to help you shine. So tell them the things that you might be a little more self-conscious about. Good deal. Okay, so we've touched on a lot of things, but I'm sure I've forgotten something essential. Is there any word of wisdom or suggestion that you'd like to offer writers specifically about branding or branding photography? Last words of wisdom? I would say show up um, online and show your face and then show us like where it is that you write, show us where it is that you're doing the thing that you love to do, like find little points of connection and then just show up and be yourself. They want to see you. Good answer for so many questions. Good. Talking again about your storytelling and photography, do you have a favorite quote in relation to either or both? Yes. So one of my favorite quotes is actually from Ernest Hemingway. And he said, write hard and clear about what hurts photography for me in my personal life. It's so much more than just taking pretty pictures. So I take pictures for my clients, obviously, but I also take pictures for myself. And when I'm taking pictures for myself of my own family or around the house, or just things that I find beautiful in life, it becomes like therapeutic for me. So it's a way that my art is able to express things that I cannot put into words. And I'm able to share more of my personal story with people who are following me, like on social media and such. And there's like one particular time, I especially remember this being 
so true for me. After I had received like a medical diagnosis, I have, I have lupus and I was feeling very overwhelmed with this. And I was driving home after a doctor's appointment and I knew I was going to come home and talk to my family about what the doctor said, but I was also just like pretty rattled by it, honestly. And so I stopped at the pharmacy to get some medicine. And I remember trying to pray and, and I couldn't find any words. And the only, only word I could even think in the car while I was crying was just like, Jesus, And that was it. And I sat there for a long time, got my medicine. As I was coming home, it was actually a really foggy morning. And as I was turning towards my street, there were these trees. And in this fog, I was like, that's it. That right there. Like, that's how I'm feeling. There's these trees and, and this fog and they're beautiful with the sunlight coming in, but it's also like cloudy and you couldn't see far because the fog was dense. And I didn't have my, you know, professional camera. I just had my iPhone and I literally pulled the car over, got out, snapped a picture of that, came inside. And that's what I texted to my family. I said, this is how I am feeling right now. And for me, that photo was the total embodiment of this Ernest Hemingway quote, to write hard and clear about what hurts. And it was able to bring it back to the beginning of our conversation, photography, writing, like that craft, that art is where we can connect with other people, where you can promote understanding of what maybe you're going through or feeling. And then that brings about more compassion from those that you love and even people that you've never met. And so if you're not sure what to write about on your social media posts, when you're sharing your branding photos, I would say write hard and clear about what hurts, not necessarily to focus on the hurt, but to focus on the optimism that still exists even when things are, might be a little bit hard, or maybe you've got like writer's block or something. You're like, I don't know what to write about. I don't know how to show up. Well, write hard and clear about what hurts and then just see what happens. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that. So is that picture still available on your social media? Cause now I want to go see it. Um, I think it's on a blog. I could probably find it for you and I'll share it with you. I'll go find it. Okay, I got to see this photo, but that makes a really good point because sometimes we do, even as writers, have trouble finding those words. And um, some of us are are very visual in our thinking, so that makes perfect sense. I mean, that I just come back to that a lot. I'm like, what is it that I need to share today? What is it that would make my work have more meaning? as an artist, like, I don't just want to create something for the sake of creating something. I want to create something that has meaning that will provide value to those who are going to look at it. And so like the trees and the fog and everything, I was like, well, that obviously has meaning to me, but it served as a way to just communicate something that where I maybe lacked words for that. Um, so being speaking to a bunch of writers and you have all of these words and you're very eloquent with them and everything for myself, I would choose to use my camera as my pen rather than just sitting down with pen and paper or laptop. But people forget that writers have a chance to edit and we edit, edit, edit to get those eloquent words. They don't always come naturally. Oh, well, I don't know. Some of you are just very gifted. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly called to do what you're doing. Okay. So quickly tell me about your project because I think it's uh, what you've told me so far is brilliant. And I want to know where you are and I want my listeners to know what you're doing. Okay. So it's going slow, (laughs) but um, I have this vision to create this book that is composed of images, like photographs that I'm taking paired with different poems, 
different scriptures from the Bible and just a little bit of introspection of what I am learning um, as a mom, what I'm learning as just somebody living with chronic pain and autoimmune disease and how that um, even in difficulty, there is still hope and there is still a balm. And I believe that that's found in Jesus. And that comes out in everything that I do, the way I mother, the way that I write, the way that I photograph, the way I interact with clients. And so it's a book full of black and white photos. And the ideal person who I'm writing this for would be a mom who feels that the things she's doing day to day are insignificant. Maybe she's struggling with something else. Maybe it's not her health. Maybe it's something else. And she's just looking for a bit of light in maybe her day is still kind of dark and gloomy. And maybe she feels misunderstood. And I think that this book would be an encouragement to her and would help her see that there is still hope and light even in dark times, if you're just looking for it, like there's something I say to my, my family every day and friends who are going through like a hard or challenging time. And I'll say, well, and I'm saying it to myself, mostly you see what you're looking for. What are you looking for? Like, that's what I ask myself with my camera. Like, what is it I'm looking for? And what story is it that I want to tell? And how can I highlight light in this frame? How can I highlight hope? And how can I use these photos and my words to minister to someone and to encourage them? Um, and that they would want to share with a friend. I originally, my blog and my business was called Mom Photo Balm. So I was working with moms through photography and the balm that I was encouraging them with was the Bible with scriptures and what I was learning in my own walk with the Lord. And so it's all of that piled together. It doesn't really have a title and it's not done. The photos are still coming together as the Lord gives them to me. And so are the words. Very cool. I can't wait to see it. Oh, me neither. <laughs> so all of your information will be available in the show notes, but in case anybody's wondering right now, they can find you at catcalloway.com. And it's just like it sounds, Kat, K-A-T, Callaway, C-A-L-A-W-A-Y.com. We finish off every episode with a last fast three questions. Okay. What's your favorite tea? If it's cold, Earl Grey. And if it's hot, a chai tea latte with oat milk. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite flower? Roses, hands down. What's your favorite book? If it's nonfiction, it's the Bible. And if it's fiction, it's anything by Jane Austen. Oh, fabulous. Okay. Thank you so much for playing with me, Kat. And um, we will be scheduling another photo shoot soon. So if anybody has questions, they can follow up through the show notes with Kat. She's active on Instagram. Check for all of her details on the website. Thank yes. you. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. Thanks for listening today. Head on over to authorpreneursunleashed.com for show notes, links, and more. Come back next Sunday when Catherine will talk book launches with internationally best-selling author Kate Forsyth.